Hey, welcome back to the podcast. A couple months ago, we started a little experiment, Nate and I did. Uh, we decided that we wanted to bring on school owners who had an interesting story or had something that we felt could really benefit those who listen to the podcast. And so a couple months back, we had Brian on and he talked about organic marketing. And then a couple months back, we had Brady on and he talked about um, running a team of 180 people across his 11 schools. And then uh, we took a little break from the format. Uh, and we are coming back to it today with Five for Five, an old friend of mine, Caitlin, who actually on the Grow Your Music Studio YouTube channel was one of the first interviews I ever did. And she was talking about how she'd been using Facebook ads to get students for her school. And that's been quite a while, Caitlin, <laughs> quite a while back. Um, but we're having Caitlin on because I think she has a very unique story. And then we're going to have a follow-up episode with her in a couple weeks uh, with her talking about a topic that is a really hot topic in the, uh, in the music school space today. Um, I will mention that Nate is unable to make it to this episode. Unfortunately, he's on his island in Maine, and they had a giant storm last night. Power got knocked out. He's actually trying to join. I don't know. He might even join mid-interview. I don't know, Caitlin. But if he doesn't, you know, I think we can hold the fort together. So thanks for coming on the podcast, Caitlin. I'm really excited you're here. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Before we get going, maybe tell us a little, just the, the high-level details of your studio when you got started, what the studio is like now, just to give people some context for those who maybe haven't followed Grow for the last six or seven years. Yeah, so many years ago, I think it was like eight years ago, 10 years ago now, I was a public school teacher. I was an elementary music teacher, and I did that for three years. In my third year, I really started going in on teaching piano lessons after work because I always dreamed of having a music school even before I was a public school teacher. So I started teaching piano lessons after work. I rented a children's room out of a church by the hour. I didn't know what I was doing, so I would walk around in the Georgia heat and hand out flyers. <laughs> I love it. So that just shows I've come a long way. <laughs> did things like that to grow. Uh, it eventually started growing. Uh, and so after work, I would teach. And it eventually, by the end of that third school year, I had like 20 or 25 students. And I would teach from about 4 p.m. to 7.30. And then I would also do it on Saturday mornings. So I was pretty busy. And so at the end of that school year, I had a wait list. And so that made me comfortable to resign from my position. So I resigned. And that was about seven years ago. Yeah, it was 2016. Uh, yes, it was 2016. So I resigned that year and taught. It was just me then. And not too long after that, I, I hired my first teacher and I added the group lesson program that you have. I think it was like January of 2017 that I did that. And so the rest is history. We've added... Um, I tell people the instruments we have are like basically the instruments in a rock band plus violin. Uh, sometimes <laughs> those are in rock bands. So yeah, we've added all those instruments and we've added music together classes, which is like mommy and me. We've recently added rock bands. This year we're adding like preschool kind of rock band classes. Hmm. So just kind of other activities that our current students can get involved in. And so that's what the studio is now. Yeah. How many teachers do you have working for you now? Every time people ask me this, I'm like, I don't know, but I think it's around 15. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, that's great. And then, uh, you know, you have the group classes, you've got band classes, you've got private lessons, you've got the preschool. 
rough estimate of how many students you have total? We're in August, so people are kind of coming in from the summer, but I think it's around 400. Around this time of year, I'm sure studio owners understand it's like the number is rapidly changing. Yeah, uh, but it's I around know. 400. That's where we were in May, and so we'll come back to that. For sure, for sure. Good. I think that's great background. Let's jump into the, the five for five questions. Um, so question one, what are you most proud of? Something you feel you do really, really well at your school. I think I'm most proud of the fact that it, <laughs> I'm still the most proud of just how I started it because it was just so challenging. Hmm. Um, but a more current thing I'm proud of too is that I think I'm very good at training the team. I used to be terrible at it and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I've come from being terrible at it to every single job position has an online course that they have. Um, and so it's just so clear and they have that reference. If they're confused on anything, we're always updating it. Um, and I empower my team to be an owner of their job position. Um, so, yeah, I feel like those things the training and just empowering them to be in their position, they own it. I think that's something I'm strong at and proud of. I think this idea could be really, really helpful to those who are listening. So what you're saying is you have a course for each position. Um, how did you determine the content that should be in that course? And maybe even tell us some of the positions for which you made these courses. Maybe start there. Um, so we started with the teacher course. And it even starts with how we onboard them and everything. Um, it was just evolved over time. So at first, I just took notes on everything I was doing. Um, and it wasn't an online course at the beginning. It was more like a checklist in a project management system. And it's still that checklist is still there in project management systems. Um, but the online course is just nice because they can watch everything in order and be trained so we don't have to keep training the same thing over and over and over. It is very helpful, especially with the teachers, mm -hmm. because we're always hiring teachers. That's the thing that you're hiring all the time yeah. in a music school. So it's going to be super repetitive and kind of waste the manager's time if they're kind of doing the same thing over and over and over and over. Um, of course, the manager's there while they're watching the training and we answer their questions. Um, but that way we don't have to sit there and train people over and over. Um so yeah, we just had lists. We would pay attention to what we were doing when we were training people before it existed. Um, wow. And so it kind of came together. And then I've also trained my team members to always ask themselves if whatever they're doing, is there a video for what you're doing? And if there's not, you need to make one and add it to the course. Mm. Nothing we do should not be in the course. Yeah. How long is the teacher training course? How many hours? I, I don't know how many hours it is. I don't think it's that long, though. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. What sort of things do you cover? And then we'll maybe move on to the second five for five. This is really interesting. What, what, what kind of things does the teacher course cover? Um, it covers just our values as a company, how we do simple things like absences, how we do scheduling with teachers, um, how recitals work and what their responsibilities are for recitals, how we pay them, how makeup lessons work. It talks about our reward system. We use something called Class Dojo to give mm -hmm. students points. That was something I pulled from public school teaching. I use nice. that in my conference. 
the kids mm-hmm. love it and kids are also still using that in public schools. So when they see class dojo here, they get excited. Wow. <laughs> um, because they have like a little character and they get points for, you know, they like making little characters. Um, and then we have, we've last year we implemented a reward system called the music mountain and it kind of encourages them to, you know, work a little bit harder and get higher on the mountain. Um, and so that's in the training as well, things like that, but we don't get deep into teaching except for the group lessons Hmm. part. We talk about that in there, but we observe we have them observe um, one of the teacher's lessons and then that person also observes them. And so that's where the teaching is more in person wow. and not like an online course, if that makes that, sense. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, let's hit second question. So next up, what's one challenge you're experiencing right now at Highland Music Studio? Um, I tell people that every hundred students we experience growing pains. Hmm. Um, So right now we're switching from one like scheduling credit card system to a new one um, because we have too many students now and the old systems are not quick enough. They're not simple enough. They're hard to train. So we're switching to a new like scheduling uh, credit card, you know, system that holds all their information uh, that is happening right now. It just feels a little painful sitting in the middle of it while it's being set up. Um, yeah. And uh, I would say my other thing is we're kind of running out of space and I don't know what to do next. I don't know if I want to expand. I don't know if I want to stay here for a minute and just breathe for once and just mm-hmm. enjoy it. <laughs> um, part of me just wants to just let it be. <laughs> mm. But um just kind of making the decisions like, do I want a second location? Cause I'm very capable of starting that right now if I wanted to yeah. so making decisions and kind of sitting in between those two scheduling systems. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to ask a question. Uh, what previous scheduling slash credit card system were you using and what are you moving to? Do, do you, will you tell us? <sighs> Okay, I don't want to bash anyone. Right. That's why I was asking very delicately. <laughs> um, I do think it's great for the one that I was using worked for a time. Okay. And it could work really well for other music schools who have sure. different situations. I am on Jackrabbit right now, mm. and I'm switching to Opus. Interesting. I've heard a lot of people talking about Opus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what... What about Opus? Because I do know schools are using Jackrabbit and they do really like them. What mm-hmm. about Opus is better for the size that you're at and could grow to? Um, Jackrabbit's really difficult with makeup lessons. We're kind of manually doing it ourselves and putting into the system. Mm. Um, a lot of things are manual in Jackrabbit, like things like that. And so mm. Opus is a lot more parents can schedule the lessons themselves even when they enroll, they can just pick the time slots that are open. We don't have to be like, this is what we have. It's just a lot easier with these things sound small, but I'm sure music school owners can understand like those things take time waiting for them to say what time slot works. Blah blah. blah. I feel like so many things will be a lot easier and we'll cut down so much on admin time. My admins, I think, I know they've been a bit stressed on the other one. 
And so I would love to make their lives easier. And honestly, it would make, it's going to make everyone's lives easier, everyone involved. Yeah. You said something there. I just think it's so important. It might seem small, but when you scale that over 400 students, it's no longer a small issue. Yeah. It became a big issue. Became a big issue. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Glad to hear that. Uh, We were pretty short and sweet on that one. Let's just go to question three. Okay. Uh, What's one lesson you've learned in the last year? Maybe tell us about it. Um, I believe in the last year I've learned to outsource. I believe that I wish even over all of the years, I wish that I outsourced just a little bit more before I felt ready. Like, I I don't know if you're ever going to feel ready to hire that full-time manager, but I just recently hired a full-time manager. I had a teacher who was doing it part-time and he's still with us. Um, but he is, a program coordinator. Now we just moved him around. He wanted to do that. Mm. Um, I wish that I just got the full-time manager a long time ago, because now that I have one, I'm like, well, this is really great. (laughs) And I feel so much less stressed out. Um, Anything, even with my other business, like um, for my online course, I have a YouTube channel and I, I personally video edited my entire online course, which this is where I learned the lesson. Mm. I video edited my entire online course. <laughs> Why? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I do that? Well, well let me push in there. Why did you do that? What was going through your head? I was like, this is going to cost a lot of money okay. to hire someone to video edit the whole thing. Um, and I didn't know how to teach someone else to edit these things because I hadn't done it before. And I was like, this just feels like it would be harder. And now that I have a video editor, now I got one around April, I believe this is now it's August a couple of months ago. um, I'm like, wow, that wasn't anywhere near as hard as I thought it would be. And I feel like everything, I have so much more time like if I didn't get the video editor, I wouldn't have been able to keep up my channel at this point. So I, I'm really glad that I did it. I wish I did it earlier. Yeah. Tell me if this feels true to you. Those bottlenecks, do you think the channel could have grown or do you think you could be experiencing the freedom that you are in the, in the music school right now without these people? I think that's kind of a, that's a basic question. No. Yeah. I need them. <laughs> yeah. You need them. So you you said something really interesting there, which was um, it felt as if it was going to be harder to train both of these people than it actually was. Yes. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, with video editing, I just, it was hard for me to even figure out if you see my videos or anything, you'll understand that I have all these camera angles. I have this like light up keyboard that goes above my keys so people can see what keys I'm playing more clearly. All these things really overwhelmed me at the beginning. And it took me a a while to figure it out to the way that I liked it. And so because of all these things, I was like, gosh, it's not just cutting and editing. It's just so much. And I was like, I'm just going to edit some on my own so that this person has an example. And I think that's okay. Maybe I could have just edited two though. (laughs) And that would have been enough. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. But how many did you end up editing? Well, I edited my entire online course, right. which is gigantic. Tons um, of videos, yeah. And I edited 
maybe 12 YouTube, maybe 10 or 12 YouTube videos. Okay. Interesting. You can see a difference between my early ones and now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you could go back in time, what would you tell yourself to get you over the hump of, of wanting to hand things off to the manager at Highland or to the video editor? Like what, what would you do different? Is there anything you could do different? Hmm. I would tell myself it's not as stressful as you think. Hmm. Um, and I, if you look at your past, you know, how much you've grown every year, if you have this information, you can be like, okay, I always grow mm -hmm. except for the pandemic. <laughs> I <always laughs> <grow>. Right. <laughs> Uh, always grow. There's no worry. Like you don't need to be worried about the money part of it and you can figure it out. You've always figured it out. I've hired other people. I have always figured it out just because this is a different position. Doesn't mean you can't figure it out. You've, you have a good track record. <laughs> That's what I would tell myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right before we jump to question four, I'll just throw this in there that I was very hesitant to hire my first admin that was going to help me with grow, grow your music studio. And I came up with a series of jobs that she would do both for grow. And she was kind of doing a little bit of work for my music studio. And the first month she worked for me, I think she worked like 10 hours total. And, and I brought her in letting her know, Hey, you know, I, this is going to be very part-time. She was also had other jobs that she was doing virtually Within five months, she was working for me 100 hours a month. And it's just, but for years, I had not hired someone because I thought, well, I really don't know what I can give them. But it's just like, you have to take that first step. And then as mm -hmm. soon as I met the person, I began to see, oh, she could do that. She could do that. She could do that. Having meetings with her and her role just grew immensely. And it was very good for me. And in the same way, that sounds like it was good for you to hire the both of these people. So that's a great mm -hmm. lesson. I think one that is very germane to everyone listening. Let's jump to question four, though. What is, and this is purposefully vague. You can interpret this however you want. What's one action a school owner could take right now that will make a difference? My answer is connected to my lesson. <sighs> so even if you are just a single piano teacher out of your house, hire the virtual assistant. Hmm. hire someone so you're not doing the little admin tasks or if you have a music school hire the manager sooner than you're ready hmm. um hiring these people slightly before you're ready if you look back on your growth you can feel confident that you can afford it um and take that baby step just to get started just put up the job posting yeah <laughs> do it. Yeah, yeah i would say that because that's such a big lesson I've learned. And I've always grown more when I do it. Mm. I ask a follow-up question to that. What kind of things, what are the major things that your manager is doing right now? She is new. It's been about a month and a half. Okay. She is, that's a good question. I almost want to look at her asana. <laughs> I just feel like it's <laughs> overwhelming. Um, she manages all of the teachers. She manages the two admins, we have one in person, we have one virtual. She does um, our email marketing too. She does our social media. 
she manages the day-to-day things that come up, like parents or maybe a parent's upset about the makeup policy, things like this. She handles those situations. She um, she outsources, like, which admin should do this task today. Like, this admin, you guys enrolled this today and so forth based on how much. So, like, for right now, we're getting a lot of enrollments, so we're using both of our admins to enroll when normally it's just going to be the in-person admin. So she's kind of delegating to other people, managing the teachers, um, their makeup days. Just man- She just manages the whole thing. She, I, I tell her to take ownership over the studio. Mm. So, mm. He's new, so I, I don't have um, a fantastic, I don't feel like my answer was fantastic. But... <laughs> I think it's helpful to get those broad strokes. Is she full-time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a full-time ops manager and there are definitely domains that are all her, but she's also capable to the point where I just, please take care of this. <laughs> I just forward her something or send her something. Just please take care of this. And it always gets taken care of. It's just good to have mm-hmm. one of those people kind of around. Um, we going to add something there? Yeah. I mean, I think it's the most helpful just to have someone there because I'm, to be honest, I'm usually not there at the studio. Yeah. And so um, it's just nice to have someone there to handle the little fires that happen throughout the day. You need, you really need someone there because little things will happen. Like even the other day, just a bad storm, making sure parents were wondering like, are y'all open? Cause their power was out, things like that. Just handling these situations. Yeah. is very helpful. Sure. How often do you meet with her? Um, I We have a meeting every Friday, um, but we also use Slack, which is like a chat cha- chat channel, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm on Slack, even though I'm not um, physically at the studio that much. I don't have an office. We don't have space for me mm. <laughs> because we're running out of space. I just use it for a lesson room. She has an office. Um, but there's just, there's not space for me there and I can't think there and I have another business too. So I usually work from home and I'm on Slack helping them meet with her on zoom on Fridays. Um, of course, sometimes I come in and I let them know when I'm coming in to do little things, but yeah, meet with her once a week and I'm on Slack otherwise. Wow. Let's go fifth question. It's been short and sweet, but this has been great. Um, what's one thing you've done for yourself personally in the past year that has brought you more joy as a music school owner? Um, ever since the pandemic kind of led, led up, I've traveled to like tons of countries. I don't even know how many. It's like seven or something. Um, have been traveling a lot more. I feel like in those early years, it's hard to do that when you're starting a business. And then the pandemic happened. So I felt like it extended my early years Mm. kind of feeling it made it feel longer. So I've been shamelessly um, traveling and um, I think just being able to enjoy life has made me a better owner. Mm. The fact that I'm able to disconnect, it was really hard for me to disconnect early on. I would go to the beach, like nearby beaches from where I live and I would end up getting on my computer and answering emails. Yeah. But in the past year, I have not been doing that. I was able to not check in during my trips at all. And I felt good. I felt fine. And so 
I think just getting to that point, I've been proud of that I could finally take a normal vacation like other people. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask a follow-up question to that. I want to connect something you said in question four to this, to what you just said there. So you were just talking about how it felt really good as an owner to be able to get away. And obviously you've got the manager in place that makes it possible for you to do that. And then the piece of advice that you gave people in question four was don't wait to hire the manager, do things a little bit sooner than you think you should, which I think is good advice. But my question for you is, did you have the margins to be able to hire the person or was it a stretch for you? Was it a risk for you? I'm curious. I did feel like sometimes it was a little bit of a stretch, like to hire some people. Um, but I still was able to look at our past data and be like, well, we're going to grow by this much and we'll make this much by this time, most likely. Mm. Um, and that has always worked out for me and hmm. been fine. Hmm. Why did you trust that data so much? You know, I say I'm looking at the data, but this is going to sound a little bit woo woo, but I just, I'm very like good at having an intuition about business. Like I just know when something's going to go well somehow. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how. I just have like an unwavering faith. And I always have like, for me, this is what I tell people. There is never a plan B ever when I'm doing business. I'm doing this thing. This is how it's going. And I think because of my unwavering faith in whatever decision I made, it it does always work out. I'm serious. Um, just I just will have gut feelings about things. And I follow that feeling and it it works for me. So yeah, I do have the data. And I say that for people who maybe you don't feel like they have that type of confidence or like intuition about things, but yeah, I just get gut feelings and I move forward with it. Okay. So that right there, I can relate to that and I've known you for a long time. So I don't know if I would be as bold to say this as if it were someone else who said that, but I'm just going to follow up with this because that could sound to some folks out there. And I even have people in mind, like that could sound very discouraging. Like, well, I don't have that intuition, but here's what I know. And I'm sorry, I'm talking about you. Like you're not here, Caitlin, but what I know about you is that you have for as long as I've known you, which has been considerable now, uh, you have always thrown yourself into education, into understanding how business works. You've taken lots of courses. You've invested a ton in yourself. And so I would just say that I think that intuition comes after over time. And, and I'm not in any way detracting from what you're talking about there. I think that mm -hmm. intuition comes and because I feel similar. There's just things I know are going to work and I just throw myself headlong into them. And I don't mm -hmm. worry about the money. Like I don't worry about what it's going to cost. It's just like, yeah, this, this has to work. It hasn't always worked out, but it's worked out enough that I'm so glad that it's there because the times that it has worked out have far surpassed the times that it hasn't for me in terms of pushing my business forward or, or bringing more revenue in or things like that. So I'd rather be wrong sometimes than be timid all the time. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I totally get what you're saying there. But yeah, for those of you who are like, well, wait, I don't have that confidence. What do I do? Just keep moving fast. The faster you make decisions, the faster you experiment with things, the, the more time you dedicate to self-education, to making the business move forward, that intuition develops over time. Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? Because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, Would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please, share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.